Okay, boom, we're back. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Today's very special guest is a test centurion. He became a national captain at the age of 22. He's won a Super Rugby title with the Waratahs and is currently playing for the Toyota Verb Blitz in the Japanese Top League. We talk about quite a few things in this chat and he gave very generous, thoughtful and honest answers throughout. I learned a lot about him as a human being and I hope you all enjoy this. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy this conversation with Wallabies captain, Michael Hooper. Today's episode is brought to you by the very best caffeine supplement on the market. Used by elite athletes all over the world, caffeine chewing gum is without a doubt one of the quickest and tastiest ways to get your caffeine in pre-workout or game. Check them out at www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. That might have been my stuff, but mate, how are you? Oh, mate, I'm good. Good, no complaints. We had a, um, we had a couple of beers yesterday. We had a golf day, so we've got a bye week up here now. Yeah. Um, so finally, like, because we've been in lock, I don't know if Jed's told you, we've been unable to do anything. So there's 12 of us, and we had a good round of golf yesterday and had a had a fair few beers in the end. <laughs> it's just are you a bit dusty today? No, I'm not that actually not that dusty, which is I'll tell you one thing you do do up here, you do drink more like drink more than you would at home. Just like I don't know, not like you're a bit binge drinking more or anything. It's just like access to beers is just everywhere. Like they sell beers everywhere. They're good. Um so just like oh you know one with dinners just Goes down pretty nicely. <laughs> I grew up in Hong Kong, and it's you can get four Heineken big ones for four four Aussie dollars. Yeah, and a bottle of water costs like six bucks, so it's almost cheaper to do than water. Like, yeah. How are you enjoying it? Um, I'm loving it. It's been it's been so good for me, like per like physically, mentally, everything. But then just it's. I mean, there's so many layers to, I think, why I'm enjoying it. Like, not only the culture's been good and different, and but just the change, like, right at this time in my career has just been awesome as well. Like, I'm sure probably in a different way to Jed, but the, the outcome's the same for both of us. Um, you know, just it's been at the right time. How, how, are you – you're coming back to Oz? So this yeah. is like a short-term thing? Yeah. What – Oz – I've got a lot to ask you. I've got to ask, what's it like playing with Kieran and Willie LaRue, guys you've played against a lot? Um, are we, have we started? Do you want to re yeah, yeah, sorry. I should have oh. got it. I just roll. No, yeah. no. I, I just I was probably referencing Jed and I just realised that maybe um, no, no one, <laughs> you know, like, I've got to put the last name to it or something. But um, no, to answer your question, um, with Kieran and, and Willie, but particularly Kieran, because, you know, you play the Bledisloe a couple of times a year. Um, Villy's, you know, he's a fullback, so you don't have as much, like, contact in and around, not only, like, running into each other on the field, but um, just in general around, you know, media flipping a coin or something like that. And the, the media around, there's not the direct sort of portrayals of both. But, I mean, with Kieran, it's funny because, you know, you're, you're competing so hard all the time. Um, and, you know, you build up this impression of someone in your head of what he's going to look like, what he's going to be like, everything like that. And then you realise that he's just doing the same thing for another country. Um, and, you know, he's got the same sort of things going on that 
um, you know, we do as well. So it's been really, it's been great um, for me. I, I like, I heard, I liken it to like, I was listening to the cricketers um, during summer, I was watching a cricket test match and they were talking about the IPL um, competition. And I think it was around like some of the boys, some of the Aussie cricketers were joking with the Indian um the Indian players and they go, I think Shane Warne or someone was commentating. He's like, you never would have seen this 10 or 15 years ago. Like there was bad blood all the time, but the IPLs brought these guys closer together. They're sharing of information. Um, so, you know, you obviously play together and whatever. So that builds the bonds, but it had, I didn't think about it much then, but now being in a similar sort of environment, um, you know, it's a melting pot. Your team's a melting pot. You've got, interpreters um you know translating and everything um and to, sometimes you've got people speaking four languages within your team you know there's afrikaans there's japanese there's english being spoke so oh, it's really cool and that and they're two top fellas as well have you have you managed to see much of japan or has it just been pretty much in lockdown the whole time it's been locked down so when we arrived it was like things were getting worse like it was the actually the worst numbers that Japan had throughout the whole of COVID. Somehow they've done a very good job of suppressing that the first time and then again the second time. So we're we're standing now in March, it's it's quite low again. But when we got here in December, January, the teams were freaking out, the companies were freaking out, and the country went into state state of emergency, which I think has just been relaxed in all bar Tokyo now. Um, yeah. and maybe some other prefectures. So, unfortunately, I haven't seen a lot of Japan. Um, but, you know, like, to put, put it this way, we, we got out of our quarantine little bubble and then our team went straight into a quarantine bubble, like, simultaneously. So, we, me and my partner are up here for four weeks um, and I hadn't met, met a player in the team yet. So, it was a really awkward start. But, um, you know, we're able so just to... So, just the two of you for four weeks? Yeah, yeah. Because you find out if you like it. You find out if you like each other after that kind of stuff. Oh, mate. I know. We got married uh, midway through last year. And, um, you know, like so much travel with footy. And it was like a genuine just in each other's pocket for... Uh, it was great. It was great. It's one of the reasons we came up here, um, you know, to, to actually have some time together. But, um, yeah, it's good. But if, if you get the time, uh, try and go to Kyoto. Fucking amazing place. And go to the sumo as well. I, I've never been to anything quite like it. So if you get the time, try and do that. So you've spent a bit of time here? Well, I grew up in Hong Kong. So I've been, I've done a lot of different trips all around Asia. And I hadn't spent much time in Japan. But the, the time I spent there, it's probably my favourite place in Asia. Um, you know, just like the mix of the old culture and the, the ultra modern, you know, you've you got the bullet train, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then as, you, as the guy walks through the carriage, he does a bow because that's what they've done for hundreds of years. It's just that really cool mix that we don't have over here. Mate, it's amazing, eh? It's amazing. Like, I've been blown away. I've been – I was lucky to snowboard up here a couple of times when I was young. Um, you know, great family holiday and loved the food. You know, fell in love with the ramens and the sushis and – all that of the world, which, you know, like it's just another level. Even just rice up here is, uh, it's, rice should be universally good, but it's better up here. I don't know if that's just like, you know, they say Guinness is better in Dublin. Um, the beer it is. is. 
It, it is. Yeah. It is. It's like perception as well. So like you're eating rice and you're like, it's just better here. Yeah. Um, so I've fallen in love with rice. But, mate, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Like the culture is so unique. You know, everything's about efficiency, like you said. But then you're, some things just like you have to email this person to get the result there. Like simply setting up your bank is one of the hardest things you'll have to like have to do up here. It's crazy. Really? really? Yeah. Like you need to go in. Um, you've got to have a stamp for your name. Um, there's a process, like a full process. You've got to have, obviously, usually at home, you know, you've got to have identification as well. But up here, you've got to have like multiple things of identification um, yeah, you've got your little stamp with your Cantana, I think, um, is the writing um, that, you know, you have to perfectly put in a box. And so all these, like you said, really old school, traditional things. Um, and then just wild efficiency on the other side. <laughs> Have you found getting out of Sydney? I, I could imagine for you, and I had Jakey Gordon on the podcast last week. Fantastic fellow, by the way. Yeah. But I, I get the feeling there's like there's a bit of pressure. Is is that fair to say? Um, well, not like it was like a bubble. And I'm, I'm not I'm not choosing my words well, but almost escaping that pressure might be a nice change of pace for you as well. Oh, on so many levels, it has been, um, and I didn't think it would be. Um, I think I think what I've learned from being removed um, from the environment is you, you can like Sydney is my favorite place in the world. I think it's amazing. You've got these beaches and then you're like, we're at Manly's ferry ride into the city. And I just think like that is just like where, I don't know where else you can do that. But then, you know, I love the people and um, your lifestyle that we have in Australia. But, you know, it can be uh, from being away and being removed in the, uh, from the environment it's all about what, what you can fit in your day over, like back at home. Like how much yeah. can I get in the day? Um, and then by the end of the day, you're, you're shattered, wake up, do it all again tomorrow. And I think that's certainly how I've approached my footy back, back in Oz is like, particularly the last couple of years, like, okay, I, you know, if you've got a day off, what can I get in that day off? I'm not talking training or rugby stuff, but almost like th overthinking and like wanting things to work so bad that it always like, you know, doesn't, you put this pressure on yourself. I, I don't know. I reckon I was close to, you know, like burning out at some point there because you're, you're pushing it so hard and, and you're willing it to happen um, a lot. And I think Sydney's what you make it. So, I mean, the lessons I've learned up here around being able to just enjoy your moments for your moments. I think in rugby, like you're so focused on the next week. Okay. Next Saturday's the next game. And you, you have a loss, so you've got to pick yourself back up and go again. So you live really week to week, which sounds like you're living in the now, but then you're also quite outcome focused. So you're putting yourself, oh, you know, winning that game or whatever. So actually, he has taught me just to hope, and I hope that I, I smart, you know, can work it into my process back at home. But just to, you know, that it's going to come. Like that time is going to come. Um, so just try and focus on what I can now. I don't know if um, you feel the same way about Sydney. Yeah, it's a very work-orientated city, and there's you're right. It's it's there's there is some living in the moment, but it's more you know work hard, outcome party. I, th yeah. I think I was going to ask you about 
the pressure. What age did you become Wallaby captain? Uh, so it would have been, it would have had to have been 22 or 23. Um, so Stephen Moore was the captain in 2014. Uh, and we had a, a series against the French who we've got coming out again this year. I hope that can come out, but, um, and he went down with a knee ACL first game of that French series. And then you um, McKenzie was the coach at the time, put me in um, as, you know, stand in until I guess Stephen um, was around or, you know, wanted to give me a couple of games in there and um, as captain. But yeah, I mean, quite, quite young. I, I think back to what I was thinking about at that point in time was, um, you know, it was, yeah, worlds apart from now being a bit older. I was going to ask, looking back on it now, and I hope this doesn't come across as um, anything, but do you think that you were ready for it at the time? Absolutely not. What, what makes you say that? Uh, I think as a 22, 23-year-old guy, I need, I need more time to work myself out. Um, I think that if I was being honest, you have like need to be completely certain on what, I'm about, and then, then the team stuff can flow a bit, bit better after that. Um, you know, just being a young guy, you've got to battle with. Okay, well, there's there's older guys in the team, um, so there's that pressure of that, and then like just at 22, 23, there's also that level of just wanting to fit in as well. <laughs> and yeah. you know, that was my third year uh, in the Wallabies at the time, so it's still fresh. Um, you know, so you're 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 combating wanting to fit in, but then also think what's the right way to, you know, guide this team with the assistance of others. It's not like it's a one man job, um, you know, and then also like working out myself as well. Uh, so I, I'd say that, you know, I, I, like, I don't know the old le the leadership question, you know, whether you're born or whatever that I don't, I think you just need, for me personally, I would, I need more time. I needed more time, but, you know, it gives you a crash course and, you know, get being out of your comfort zone does make you assess things and that you probably wouldn't be looking at or not even thinking about you sometimes just thinking about what you're going to do in the afternoon or, you know, as a, as a rugby player, not, not some deeper thoughts that I think I've had to have with myself. What about, I mean, 22 is a, a young age. Um, what about dealing with criticism and, the stuff that goes with being the Wallaby captain, how did you deal with it at the time? How, how do you deal with it now, to be honest? Oh, mate, I, I think yeah, this is a this is a big question in the now, isn't it, with, um, you know, with social media? Because everyone's, open, like, everyone it feels like is open to, um, or there's a platform to criticise or anything like that. But the interesting thing and what I've been learning about with how we're just wired as people, you know, like, you're you react much more to something that's worse to you because that's the, your body's, you know, um, it's your body's way of saying that we want to avoid that. Like fight so or flight. Fight, fight or flight. Right? Yeah. So if you see something that's negative, it sticks and you go, well, oh, I don't want to, you know, how can I avoid that in the future or all that sort of stuff. You see a good comment or some, you know, some positive press. It's, it's like a sugar hit. It's in and out in, in the same second. So, you know, for I've seen in players, I know with it myself, you could get 10 good things, but this one thing that this person you might not even know or, you know, a journalist you've never met 
can can say one thing about you and then that you, it's, it sits on your mind. So oh, like, you know, I've, I've, I've battled through, you know, my relationship with social media before. I love um, your Instagram, by the way. Oh yeah. It's back. It's back. So, <laughs> so, it's back. I'm coming. Um, so I, I, I deleted it. Now I'm back. I've got it again. Um, don't have Facebook. Um, but you know, through all that time, like you're, 20s you just as a rugby player as an athlete you're just absolutely exposed to everyone's got a platform just to let you know what they think um and that's good and bad right like it's good and bad do you, do you just block it out totally or do you still kind of take some of it in and you're just better at dealing with it now um for me for me it's really important to know who my um who my actual proper feedback loop is so you know i've got for example for me it's like my dad i know he'll tell me if i have a uh, shit game or a good game yeah. and i know that he'll tell me that and then you've obviously got your coach and you have to be working with your coach to get a good performance and then maybe one or two others and aside from that you know like my dad in particular he's seen all my games so he knows what i'm trying to do whereas you know a person that is over there and throws a, you know, sitting on their armchair and throws a bit of abuse at you or say, says that you shouldn't be doing this or doing that, you know, that helps me to then go, well, actually, you know, I speak to my old man and go, well, what was, what was it actually like? And then try and focus on that being, you know, yeah. the, the criticism of, you know, importance or the good, the good stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. But yes, no, block it out. Yeah. I think that's important. Don't go searching for it. Um, because it's just unnecessary. Like it's why you waste energy and like, we all care at some, at some level, whether more or less of, you know, it's what, that's what we're the sport we're in, I guess. Mate, something I've been looking at lately is failure. And I hope you don't mind this question, but looking back on your time as a leader, is there any failures that you can recall that you've, that have set you up for later success? That's probably an indeed question as well, but yeah, I want to answer this properly. I'd say that like every, they're so critical, hey, like all the failures and even though they suck at the time, like proper feedback loop. And then yet yeah, you, you think you might experience something that you've seen before that can help you move on um, later down the track. You can just deal with so much quicker, but yeah, plenty of failures and, um, you know, you think you've got it, you might have it at one point in time and that's exactly when you don't have it. And, you know, I think I've come to realize now that I've got to just keep a complete open mind to, to things and be willing to learn and, um, how different everyone is and, um, how complex it is. It's not, it's not as straightforward, you know, would I, I probably would have said to myself as a, you know, 22 year old or 21 year old, like, well, I just want wanting to play footy. Yeah. Um, there's so much deeper things that, you know, motivate people and, um, you know, what we're, what we're all trying to get out of it. And it's a hard sport. And um, then, yeah, you talk about the criticism and stuff like that, but mate, failure is key. Failure is key. Um, you know, and I'm very grateful in hindsight to have <laughs> some failures because at the time, like they suck. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at a lot of people lately and I think as a society, failure is generally you know, looked at as a bad thing rather than you're going to fail over and over and over again, but it's learning from it and adapting and 
you know, just getting better and keep putting your foot in front of the other that might help people. So I just thought that'd be an interesting thing to ask you. Yeah, it's that Michael Jordan one, like you miss like 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So if you're taking shot, and that's the important thing, like actually having a plan, taking a shot, and then if it doesn't work out, then you can go back, recalibrate and go again. But yeah, fail, like not doing anything, I think that's a jet, that is probably the bigger failure, just, just being complacent. Not even trying. Yeah, yeah. What about mentors? Do you do you have anyone? Obviously, you mentioned your dad, but do you have anyone involved in rugby that you sort of leaned upon as you got into the leadership roles? Probably not as much as I should have. Um, that is, in on upon reflection, um, something I would have done different is reached out to reached out to people much more. And there's been some great people who've offered their hand, but I think. I don't know how you feel about this, but as a 20-something-year-old, sometimes you think you know more than you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, no, I've got, I've, you know, now I, I look back and I go, oh, there's been some great people I've been involved with in rugby. Um, you know, it, even if it's just one little thing here or there, like it's, um, you know, you just got to take what you can. When, when you when you get thrown into that position, do people reach out to you offering help or advice or any of that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been very lucky to have people put, you know, their hand up and say, Oh mate, if you need anything, it's been my failure probably not to actually take people up on that because sometimes you feel like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, chew up their time or, you know, they're busy or something like yeah. that. But really it's just, you know, you're scared to make the call and ask the question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. You know, show a bit of vulnerability as everyone talks about now to say, like, I actually don't know this. Um, I am completely out of my depth. How do you feel about it? So, I've, um, I've got to admit, I respect a person that says they don't know something far more than a person that just tries to go through and pretend like they know something. Hmm. And I think you know, you know, if someone's talking bullshit because they speak in cliches and generalizations. And there's, I, I like being involved in rugby. There's nothing worse, I think. Yeah, no, you're probably probably right there, and um, that's why that's why I talked about, you know, like when you, when I was younger in my career, you know, I definitely didn't knew I didn't know it all, um, but you're sort of nervous to, you know, you think you might have to have it all worked out, and it's okay not to, and. You know, that's why I think just the more years you spend in the environment, the more okay you, like, okay you are with saying, oh, I'm either completely out of my depth or what do you reckon or leaning on other people more. Um, you know, I wish I had that knowledge, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Mate, what about mentality? Like, I look at you and Tim Metzger said to me about you one day, he said he's the most in-the-moment rugby player I've ever seen. Mm. Which I think, like, I, I watched every game of Super Rugby five times last year for work, and I'll just watch some of the things you do and go, how the fuck does he do that? Like, you know, not an enormous monster, you know, big dude. What, how do you get into that frame of mind to do what you do in a game? Um, well, thank That's you. It. That sounded like a backhanded compliment. No, 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 no. I appreciate the compliment. Um, so thank you for that. But uh, yeah, I've thought about this, <clears throat> thought about this a lot <clears throat> lately. Um, and I think I, I had to because of COVID because, you know, I've been lucky to stay on the park a lot um, and not have many injuries, had injuries, but not many. Um, so when we had three months off last year, like that's the longest time I've ever had 
in my career not playing footy um, or for a decent period of time. And then again, you know, um, sort of this year we got, it was only meant to be a month in between um, games and ended up being, you know, eight or nine weeks. So quite a long time between playing footy. You really only get that after a World Cup. Yeah. So um, I've, I've, I've worked a lot with a sports psych guy in the last probably two years, two or three years. So that's forced me to think about um, my preparation more and put some actual fact behind, you know, the way I was feeling. So what I've, what I think has been important for me and I've had this for a long time is like training, how training, how I want to play. So as simple as it sounds, but you know, I think the idea of a rugby player, and I don't know if if you've ever heard of this, of like this guy who's just a shit trainer. He's not that fit when it comes to a fitness test, doesn't lift big in the gym, but then can just play. Like everyone, like there's like, it's almost like floor around those like guys that can just be amazing on the field. And I reckon they're the exception and not the rule. And what I mean to that is like training how you want to play. Um, so then it's not an accident the way it happens on the weekend. So, yeah. you know, you, you can't just roll up to a game and expect to just absolutely kill it. So, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the best guys that I've been around their attention to training, it's not like they're ferocious and stuff at training, but they've got a plan and a real purpose around what they do at training to then get them onto the, you know, in good shape on the field on the weekend. Um, and then, you know, that in the moment stuff, you can get in the moment because you're not worried about, um, you know, other things or your preparation or, oh, you know, I've got to start doing this. It's like, it's been done. You've handled it in the week. Um, and, and I probably lost that. At, I probably had that young as a younger player. And then you get, you know, you start to worry about outcome, particularly in um, leadership positions. And you've got to, you know, rein that in and go, well, that's not going to help me because that's going to cloud the way I'm thinking. So you've got to try and, you know, as an athlete, everyone's always striving to stay in the moment or the flow state or whatever they call it. Um, because that's when you, you do your best stuff. What you mentioned motivation earlier. What motivates you? Oh, that's, um, that's why, what, why are you doing, question. why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, I love Just, competing. I so do it's love a competition. It's a competition. Yeah. Yeah. I love competing. Um, yeah, I'm younger of, younger brother so I've got an older brother he's 18 months older and he was he was actually a very good footy player um played a lot for manly grade yep. on the wing there and um so you know as like a younger brother it's just you're a constant battle against each or we we certainly competed a lot um you know and as the younger one you're always into it so that's always been something for me like just probably when I was younger, trying to keep up with him or beat him at something. And then that just trickled into rugby. And look, I think rugby is a, is a really great game. It's a, it's just like when you, it's funny, we had to watch um, some of our boys play a sort of a, a B match over here the other day. And when you're not in the mindset to go and like, you know, it's not game day for you and you watch it, it is a barbaric sport. Like I was completely, you know, not just rolled up to watch this game. And like the hit, the noises, because there was no crowd, like the noises of just like body on body and, you know, guys coming off bleeding and stuff. And you like that stuff is not even registering when you're playing. Um, yeah. I think you're getting yourself like in the zone of how you want to play that day. Then you watch it when you're like, just want to sit down to the pie and a beer or 
something like that. And it's like, this game is stupid, mate. Like, so... I, I couldn't agree more. That, that's part of the reason why I was asking, because I think people think, oh, these guys get paid well and they're representing Australia. And, I mean, all that stuff's nice. But what you do is fucking hard. And unless you had something in your brain, something in your brain to go, this is why I'm doing this, I don't think the average person would understand that. Yeah. Does, does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think you have to have a not, – not a screw loose, I wouldn't say that, because it's not – it is a – like, I think it's a safe – it's – it's an unsafe game, but it can be safe. You know, the, actually, yeah. the more you do it, you know, the the more you actually do tackling, the better tackler you're going to be so that you're going to put the head in the right spots, right? Obviously, there's some contacts that are unavoidable. Um, but just to, to really commit to something, um, you know, like it's, it's hard to get fit in a preseason, you know, get really fit. You know, there's, you know, they're being able to get through 80 and then there's like, being really explosive for 80 minutes. Like there's a, there's just different levels to what it takes to prepare um, for that. So, I mean, that's, and that's part of the, you know, it's part of the attraction is testing yourself against different guys and um, everything like that. So, I mean, to say that I have one sole motivation or anything like that, I think like, like anyone, you know, there's little things that will prick you up at points in time, um, you know, that you just have to pull on when you need it. Possibly a strange question, but I'm, I'm a strange dude, so we'll just go with it. <laughs> You're not that strange. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me that. You don't know me that well. I lost Jeff. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you get away from it? How do you switch? How do you switch off? What do you do in your free time? Uh, good question. And again, throwing back to something that I've probably thought about up here a lot is I haven't been great at that in the last two or three years. Probably sounds like I'm venting here, you know. On the <laughs> it's good. Um, <laughs> but being up here, like you go, because you've got more time. And I talked about, you know, Sydney, you've just got this. You can fill your day with so much stuff. And you oh, go see your parents here, go catch up with friends and, um, you know, then go to footy and you try and fill your time all the time. But up here, you just, you know, you, you go to training, you drive home and then you, you can do whatever you want within the restrictions of course so um i've probably done it poorly like like you said like thinking about you know how can we get a you know at home you have a meeting and you're like oh how could that have meeting got better or uh we across what we need to for the game this week and um so i've been poor at it the last couple of years but if i was uh i've got I, i'm i'm about you know like really like having a good morning routine i've been thinking about those times after training in between leaving training getting home how to you know switch off and leave that stuff and mentally decompress so then you you know you're not still dwelling on that stuff i mean surfing um you know back home is just key like i've really been enjoying it's beautiful like it's really nice weather up here i don't know what time of the year you're around here but it's like it's crisp in the mornings because it's just coming out of wind it's crisp and then gets to like tops of 17 or 18, but beautiful blue days. And it's about to be cherry blossom season. Um, so like these, everything's starting to come back to life. So just try, like going out for a walk. I got my little dog at home, George. He's a good way to, good way to take him for a spin and unwind. But um, yeah, I, th I think it's, a, it's actually something that you, I need to plan. Um, okay. Now, what, what, is, what, 
What is your morning routine, just out of interest? Uh, yeah, so over here at the moment, I'll, I'll try and get up at the same time. Um, cold shower. Um, no technology for, for like first hour of the morning. Um, make coffee. Um, like have like a couple of little stretches outside and do some breathing. You do your um, Wim Hof, your Wim Hof yeah, breathing? I did. I did yeah. that. I was doing that a lot last year. I'm not, I do something a little bit different now, but yeah, I was doing Wim Hof um, and really enjoying it. Have you done that? Done a bit of that? Yeah, I've tried it a few times. Uh, the cold shower, I'm not quite, you know, I, I, I hear it's good. But <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, the funny thing about the cold shower, like, it's um, someone said it to me once. I think it was my best mate's granddad used to do it, and I get why Wim Hof does it. And there's some cool stuff behind that. And I like and I like getting the full immersion ice if I can in a week if there's the facilities are um, good for it. But this grand um, this granddad of my best mate, he goes, he did it. I don't know, I don't know if he's still alive, but. It's, it was the worst thing he was ever going to do in the day. And he's dead right. Like if you can knock that over um, and you do a cold shower, it's the worst thing in the day because you, you're already warm, you're getting out of bed and then you get into the cold shower. And it's that little sense of, oh, I did something that I didn't want to do. Yeah. Anymore, um, that yeah. gives you a bit of a kick. Rather than the cold shower itself, it's the psychological part of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it is more for me, the psychological part as opposed to any physiological benefits, but um, God, it sucks. And up here, it's cold. The water's cold. So I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mate, do, do, it. It. do it. One more. I'll, I'll try it. I'll try it. Do you read books? Do you read books? Yeah. Yeah. What, what kind of stuff are you into? A uh, lot, lot about... Um, oh God, I don't even know what the genre would be called, but like, I'm, re- I'm reading about Japan up here a bit. Um, and then just like, I think a lot about mindfulness at the moment, I've really enjoyed reading about, um, that because like, I, like I told you, like I was burning the candle pretty hard at home. So I've got to, you know, wanting to work out how I can best, um, work my, like understand myself. And I think reading some of those books has been really good for me. Can you, can you recommend any? Uh, I've got them all, Mark. What about, I mean... Okay. Are they those obscure name ones? No, no, they're not. Like they're, I, I'm, I'm not precious around what books. Like you know, the I actually didn't mind that the the subtle art of not you know the yeah yeah a fuck that one that's everywhere. Um, that was I actually found that quite good. Then I'm reading some. I've read some about some Zen stuff up here, which is cool. Um, Ikai Gay or which is and Wabi Sabi, which is some like Japanese things. That was actually really cool um, to learn about some of the culture and the tea ceremonies and, you know, you, you walk, you walk along, um, you go for a walk in the morning and there's a lot of Japanese people just out doing like these movements and doing stretches. And I was, for, you know, I saw some back at home even, I go, Jesus, like looks pointless, but then, you know, reading about why, you know, that's done. And, you know, Japan has in Okinawa has like one of the highest expectancy life expectancies in the world. Um, so reading about that stuff, why that is, you know, that's good diet, good social life, good movement. And the movement parts where I started learning why people are out there doing that and gardening and get the blood know, moving. Yeah. Just little, little, not super strenuous, which is, you know, yeah, sort of have to do for footy. Um, 
but yeah, no, what else? Um, no, I've, I've been reading up here a lot because like I said, there's not a huge amount to do right at this point because of the COVID thing. Are you, mate, thanks for your time. I won't keep you too much longer. You got time for a few more? Yeah. yeah. Um, what are you going to do after you finish playing? That's a good question. Um, and this might sound like, I don't know how this would sound, but I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm, I don't know what it'll look like. I have interests in certain... Certainly some some things that I know that I'll probably skew towards, but I think the key for me and why I have a little bit of, you know, I'm okay with not knowing is like footy is my, my career has taught me one thing that, you know, like you work hard at something, then, you know, something will come, whether, whether it'll pay off in that area, but you work hard at something, it's going to put you in the right direction to working out what that's going to be. And, you know, like in the, in the, in not knowing, I think I'd find that out. I I don't, I haven't studied uh, tertiary, I haven't done tertiary education. Um, But, you know, like that doesn't, I don't really like that, but then reading about some of this other stuff and, uh, you know, is of real interest to me. So I'll probably just keep going in the way that my interest sort of lies and see where it lands. Just try it out and see whether you like it. And yeah, that's what yeah. I think. What about favorite touring destination? I've just got a couple of random ones and I'll let you go. Fa- favorite touring destination? Oh, Cape Town's amazing. Um, I love it. The spring tour is great. Like Dublin's cool. You know, when you play up in Edinburgh and Scotland's amazing because it's just, it looks like medieval, you know, when you're playing there. And, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, like cool places to play is obviously your Twickenhams and stuff like that. And uh, London's a great city, but yeah, Cape Town. I re- I really like Dublin's cool. Um, you know, we've done a couple of trips to America, but probably yeah, it's it actually sucks for some of the younger Super Rugby players. Like, you'd look at the calendar. Um, oh, coming up here is great. Like when we used to play the Sunwolves up here, you'd, it'd be like a four or five day trip straight into the middle of Tokyo. It's an overnight flight, brilliant. And um, the crowd's great. Um, but, yeah, you know, for these super rugby, um, the younger guys, it's like that was a thing you'd check out on the calendar. It's like, okay, where are we in South Africa this year? And you, if you rolled out a Cape Town or a Durban, you're like, oh, God, that's going to be a good two weeks. Um, you know, some of the other you, – or you'd go and stay two weeks in, in Joburg and it's not quite the same. <laughs> but I've heard about uh, Joburg. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. No, it's good. Like South Africa's an amazing place you can – you know, we get to go and see the animals and stuff like that if you're in Joburg. But, yeah, you get to a Cape Town and a Durban. We went shark diving at Durban, you know. Um, you you're one of the maniacs that did that? Mate, I, I know this sounds weird, but uh, Jed was actually in his um, – absolutely in his element because of all his diving and stuff like that. I was – I got real seasick. But I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it in Sydney Harbour. Like, the idea that I'd just drive out the heads – burly up the water and jump in. I'm like, there's no way. For some, reason, for some reason, when we're over there, you're with all the boys. It's, it's, and it's like, it's typically pretty South African. Like you turn up at this, this um, depot thing and they give you a 10 minute rundown. Then next thing you know, you're on a boat and it just hammers out a couple K out. He yeah, comes up the water and he goes, all right, jump in, keep your hands like tucked in under your thing and you're good to go. Obviously in a cage, you're in a cage. No, 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 no. So this, the one with <laughs> Durban, 
the one we did in Durban, you're you're not like. <laughs> so I was telling you about the ten minute debrief. In that, he goes, "Oh, we've only seen one great white um, while we've been out there, and um, you know, bulls. We really it would be great if a tiger shark could come because um, <laughs> they're, they're really big." He goes, "Oh, if, but if a tiger shark comes, like." you don't really want to start swimming down and stuff. So just stay up the top. And I'm like, mate, if there's a tiger shark there, I'm getting, I'm hustling back to that boat. I know those things like, you know, but yeah, you're, you're sort of, (laughs) he chums the water and then you just start seeing these fins coming up. (laughs) And and it's just, it goes like, it could go anyway, but no, the, the one in Cape Town. So that's where I think you can go off and then do the do the cage. And I'd love to do that. Um, but the seasickness was really stung me um, when I was out there. Even though even though you're a water boy, you still got you still got seasick. Yeah, because you just you hammer. Yeah, so I know surfing everything like that, but just something with the motion of that. And it's funny. This is this like because a couple of us. It's it wasn't just me that got dropped when I was, when we we're out there, but you've got all these sharks like swimming around you. You're in the water. You can't see the bottom. It's just, you, it's crazy. And then um, we were so sick. You just forget about the sharks. Land, Like God, there comes this other like black tip shark swim past you. And you're just like, nah, I just, I'm so sick. I couldn't care less. Um, (laughs) And you get back to land. You're like, that was a crazy experience, but no, I wasn't sick the whole time. For the first 10 minutes I was in the water. It was uh, it was pretty cool. You can have that. Who, who's the best? Who's the best player? Broad question. Is there anyone that you'd play against where you go? Oh, I'm playing against that guy this week, and and you did maybe a little bit of extra homework or a bit of study. Um, oh, like because because rugby, you know, game rugby is so like you've got. Oh, this their forwards are good, or their backs good, or this guy's absolutely got jet shoes on the wing. There's, too, I, I think there's too many like, you know, you and you you learn it up here pretty quick, hey. Like some of the names that you go around that you've forgotten about in in world rugby are littered across these teams. But you know, there might be a, an amazing and all black in one team, but they get still get beat by fifty or sixty points. It just shows the game of rugby like it is such a team sport. And you need all your areas to function. No matter, you could have the best player in the world, whatever that looks like, but your team still might not win because you can't get the ball to him or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, mate, like, you know, the, I've been lucky to play against some great guys. But, you know, everyone, um, you know, might have a good game, might have a bad game. Um, and there's different threats across the field. You know, they always... That's a funny thing when you when you talk to a journalist about oh this week and for back number seven they always talk about the opposite number seven who you got to play. It's like mate, like realistically you don't see them that much on the field. In rugby, like you talk about these head to head matchups and there's really not a huge amount. Just front row, really. Just front row, like yeah. even halfbacks, like they're not necessarily all doing the same thing because every team might defend someone differently there or have a different way that they manipulate their defense or attack how they use them and. I mean, it's a cool thing about rugby. It's so subjective and everyone can play it a different way and every team does. So that's okay. cool. That's, that's a good answer. Who, two more questions. Who did you look up to when you were growing up? Was there someone that you kind of went, ah, that's someone how I old? want to have a career? What's how that old? 16? Uh, yeah, I, I, I always loved the way George Smith played because um, we played the same position. I... I Thing I liked about him was 
he could have impact in defense, attack. Um, so all areas of the game, it didn't matter. And, you know, I think as a number seven, that's the cool thing about the position. You know, you can, you can have an influence in attack and then an influence in defense. Um, so I always liked him. But, you know, like for me, I think Gree, uh, George Gregg and Stephen Larkham, like that combo um, was pretty, pretty all time. I couldn't agree with you more. Last question, my friend. When you, what advice would you give 18-year-old you? And if possible, you can go the rugby angle if you like, but I'd prefer life, life sort of advice. Uh, keep, have an open mind, definitely. Um, yeah, have an open mind uh, and only do something because you, you love it. Don't... <laughs> um, yeah, my mum said to me, she's like, the, the day you stop enjoying rugby, just stop. And, um, you know, it's too, it's too hard to, um, you know, do, do it that you don't enjoy. Um, so, I mean, that I think will apply, you know, for anything. Just you got to try and if you could do something that you enjoy, God, that's the, that's the golden ticket. That's, that's uh, the dream, mate. That's the dream. Isn't it? Absolutely. Isn't it? Absolutely. I've, like I've got a day job at the moment and I'm surrounded by these guys and, you know, hopefully they don't listen to this, but the light's <laughs> kind of, <laughs> the light's kind of gone in them, you know, and I think doing what you love is the key. Mm. Let's finish on that. Thanks so much, mate. Mate. Awesome. Awesome to speak to you. And um, yeah. Good Exciting. to meet you. Uh, best of luck. Enjoy the rest of your time there. Good luck when you get back, all that sort of stuff. No, no, thank uh, you. Yeah, no, mate, appreciate it. Look after Jed for me, mate. Oh, he's good, mate. He's good. He got back to see his missus. Um, yeah, I saw that. Which was just such a win. I was so happy for him. And, you know, it's like the world is just not the normal world. Like Japan, you sign, like one of the great benefits is it's an overnight flight. You are you can be home the next day if you need to. Yeah. And, it's just made everywhere. Once you leave Australia, you're two weeks away from home because you've got to come back and do the quarantine and everything like that. So, I mean, for him to get get to the US and see this is just awesome. So cool. He's, um, oh, you've known him probably a similar amount of time to me, but he's one of those people that uh, a missus has been a positive influence on them, I think. And seeing his growth, you know, I'm, I'm quite impressed with him at the moment. Mate, like for anyone to... You know, he's, there's some great things he's got going on in his life, but it's hard when you're over here and you're by yourself. And he's, he's adopted as such a, you know, good mindset. And he's been so great for me being up here. Um, you know, just to, it, it's funny, you know, like you think everyone who speaks English, you can just, um, you know, it's pretty normal. But just speaking to a guy from, yeah. from Australia, like just the lingo. So it, I was even talking to this, like, South African bloke the other day, one of the places, like, you said to me, all good. And I didn't know, like, like you're all good, like, you know, when you see someone in the morning or something. And that's pretty common back home, but he couldn't, couldn't work out what I meant by it. I'm yeah. like, but it's self-explanatory. And then when, Jed, when I got up here and Jed's like, oh, God, it's nice to just talk with someone that's the same sort of, you know, you, you, get, you get what each other are talking about, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 100%, mate, 100%. Well, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate it, mate. Good to meet you. Um, yeah. Awesome, mate. No, I look forward, to, uh, look forward to hearing it and um, all the best. Thanks, Mike. See you, buddy. See you later, mate. See you, mate.